Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Howdy, partners, playmates, and monogamous primates. This is Billy Proceda, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Hi, 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 everybody. How you doing? Welcome to my show. Uh, I'm your host, comedian Billy Proceda, and this is the podcast where on most weeks I talk to women I've hooked up with about sex, dating, sexuality, and love. However, uh, the other weeks I talk to special guests like this week's guest, Effie Blue from Relationship by Design. She's an alternative relationships coach, and I can't wait to share her with you. But first, I got some show dates, people. Show dates. Yes. Um, here in New York City, February 6th, I will be at Stone Creek and then uh, Slotesburg, New York on February 26th. I will be at Characters Bar and Grill. To find out more about those shows, uh, go on over to manwhorepod.com. And while you're there, why don't you go ahead and get on the mailing list? Uh, you can check out my reading list. You can buy me books from my wish list. And um, I don't have any other lists on there. I'll work on it. I'll make I'll make a list. We'll make a listicle of the lists on the on the site, manwhorepod.com. <laughs> um, how am I doing? Let's see. Well, last week I was supposed to have a show at the Grizzly Pear. I say supposed to because I didn't do the show. Uh, the, the Grizzly Pear is a, um, it's like a dump of a bar here in Greenwich Village, here in the city, and it, it's not a very great bar. It's okay. It's cheap drinks, but it's also like a cheap place. It's dumpy. Um, you know, like there's there's people there, but it's full for like a small suburban bar. Not for a bar in the heart of, of Greenwich Village. It's not really crushing it, okay? Uh, but it has this back room, this like great back room. It's perfect for comedy. It's got a stage, speakers, uh, a microphone, a lot of seating. So it, it's great for a comedy show. It's, it's quite perfect for it. And, and so there are a lot of shows that are there every single night of the week. There's free comedy shows or I think on the weekends, a guy, he charges. But still, it's mostly free comedy shows back there. It's great. And the way we get people into those shows, typically, unless some random person from Twitter decides to show up, um, typically we bark people in. And in, in, com- in the comedy world, barking is a system where you're on the street and you're saying like, hey, guys, free comedy show. That, that's barking. Uh, and you try to get them to come into this bar, uh, this weird bar, and try to shuffle them to the into this empty back room and you say like listen i'm gonna leave you alone with this weird looking comic guy brb and uh and you hope that they don't get so terrified that they leave you hope that they stick around for the comedy show and that's barking it's it's usually done it's done for free actually uh up and coming like brand new comics will typically bark in exchange for stage time Okay, it's not a fun pra- it's not a fun thing to do, but you do it so you can get people to the show, so you have a show where you can practice your craft, and and that's basically how the Grizzly Pear shows run. And uh, so I'm sitting at a table waiting for my show to start. Uh, I was on the Lair show, and and the owner comes up to me and says, "I know he's the owner because I've been going to this place for like seven years." And he comes up to me, he's like, "Ah, so what can I get you?" I'm like, "Oh no, I'm good, man. You know, watching my figure." <laughs> um, dieting he says oh no you gotta buy a drink 
I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I'm like on the show. I'm one of the comics. He's like, no, nah, you still got to buy a drink. And this, this scumbag of an owner, he does this fucking every time his crappy bar is empty. Uh, see, like the show before us only had three audience members in it. So I guess he was all pissy about it. He didn't make the other comics buy drinks. He just does this all like whenever he just decides to choose to. Whenever he's like a sore, a sore sport that his bar kind of sucks. This motherfucker, I'm here, and the other comics are here as entertainment to attract people into your shit bar, dude, okay? When we get six, 16, or 60 people back there, okay, that's six, 16, or 60 people who were never going to be in your bar drinking otherwise. And we, like, we work really fucking hard to not only put on a good show, which is work in and of itself, but to get people in there to perform for I've never seen this bar owner or any bar owner outside in 20 degree weather barking people in. I've done it and I have friends who do it almost every night. I'm not the producer of the show. It's not my job to get people to the show. That's the producer's job. My job is to be funny on stage and not cause a fist fight. That sometimes could happen. Uh, but, but like here's comedy is such a disrespected art form, you know? I mean, improv kind of deserves a little disrespect, but like stand up, this craft. Bars will pay bands and DJs and corny trivia night hosts, okay? But so many venues just write off stand up like a throwaway thing. Oh, they're just happy to perform. They're lucky we let them do their little show. No, motherfucker, you're lucky we bring audience members to your dive bar and encourage them to buy drinks. This attitude of taking performers for granted is is expressed not nearly as much with djs and musicians but because it's stand-up comedy this asshole not only isn't paying us he's got the nerve to demand we buy drinks comedians we're we're a bunch of self-conscious fucks with like low self-worth okay and except for the business savvy comedians a lot of us like rising stars are afraid to ask for money for our performances think about all the free podcasts out there you know Many, many of us are still just building our acts. And so, so we're just, we'd be happy just to perform for free uh, rather than not perform at all. We're like afraid to even charge $5 for a show because we're like, well, what if no one will come? Even though, you know, most, there's most, more like, they're more likely to get people to show up for a $5 comedy show than a free comedy show because the $5 assigns some sort of monetary value to it. Need I, uh, Refer everyone to that wine study where they they um, sat people down and said, here, taste this $100 bottle of wine. And people would say it tasted one amount, uh, one way. And then say, here, uh, now, now taste this $20 bottle of wine. And they would always say that the $100 bottle of wine tasted better than a $20 bottle of wine, but they happened to be the same bottle of wine. So it goes also in comedy. We're afraid to to get value for what we do sometimes. It's it's hard. It's difficult. It's a it's not a thing that comes easy to us. So it, it was so fucking difficult for me to stand by my principles and tell the producer of the show who booked me um, that I'm gonna leave, so she wouldn't get in trouble with the bar owner because he was making a big fucking deal out of it. And it killed me to like have to say like, oh, someone thought of me, booked me. And now I got to just not do it because this piece of shit needs another $4 out of me. 
So when I walked out of the pair, I was like, fuck, dude. I hope that bar burns down with his last remaining family heirloom. Ugh. I want to kidnap this dude and throw him in a pool filled with water from Flint, Michigan. I'm not a fan of this guy. This is not how you treat performers. This is not how you treat your entertainment. He treats his fucking TV sets better than he treats the comics. And that goes for a lot of places uh, in New York City. Oh, I'll just, that's a, that's a free entertainment night that I don't have to pay a DJ. No, motherfucker, you got to pay. I've heard of DJs getting like $800 for a night. Are you fucking kidding me? You got to value performers, people. Comedians are artists too, and you got to pay for art. I know we live in the post-Napster age where we feel entitled to free stuff. Free internet, free movies, free music, free software. But look, like we don't ask you to do your job for free. So don't ask us to do ours pro bono. Pay for content that you enjoy because that's what keeps that content coming. Unless it's being financed by like Fox or Sony or, or some big media company. Independent creators and performers cannot afford to do their art for free forever. And even when we are willing to do a show for free, like there's still some greedy Irish bastard trying to milk us for our last $5. Like I'm fine doing free comedy shows. I'm totally cool with it. Free comedy. If no one's making money at the door, I'm fine not making money on it. I'm just trying to work on my act and build it and get those reps in. Happy to do it. But it's absurd that like I have I've had to negotiate the it's almost embarrassing. I may get booked for a show in New Jersey where like the round trip bus fare is gonna be about eight dollars. And and I say, uh, you know, the guy's like, Oh yeah, I want you to do like 15 minutes. I'm like, okay, cool. And he's charging ten dollars at the door. He he's I mean he's getting turnouts of at minimum 30 people. And I'm like, Yeah, so what's it pay? And he's like, Oh no, it's no pay, but you get to do the time. I'm like what do you mean like I get to do time? I'm traveling to New Jersey so you can make money off of my talent? It's embarrassing that I had to negotiate $25 out of this guy. Just so I can, you know, get to and from the gig, maybe buy a drink and come home and say I made a profit. It's sad. So Fuck, fuck the grizzly pair, okay? Hope he loses all his money in a banking scam, has his bar repossessed, then the bar turns into a McDonald's, okay? And because of his questionable citizenship status and tough financial situation, I hope he's forced to take a job mopping the shit-stained bathroom of that said McDonald's for minimum wage. And when he tries to get his paycheck, I want the manager to make him buy a McFlurry. Because that was some bullshit. I know that was a rant, people. There's happier things going on. I saw the Danish girl. <laughs> it's not much of a segue, but I saw a Danish girl, and it was, man, Alicia Vikander fucking nailed it. So good. She's so good. Eddie Redmayne, you know, I mean, look, most people could get that role and be nominated for an Oscar. Um, but I got to say, it was, it was interesting. Uh, obviously, it's a movie, and it's a movie not made like by anyone who is trans, but I, I like to think I got just a glimmer just a pinch more of an understanding of what that that experience of gender dysphoria could be. I'm not saying this is like the de facto, oh, this is what a trans experience is, but like the emotions, Eddie and Alicia uh, and the director, Tom Hooper, I, th- I, th- I think they helped me understand what some of those emotions might be, what that confusion is like, that pain. It was wonderful. It was beautiful stuff. It made me cry. Tear up many times. 
Movie drags out a bit long, though. Feels longer than it is, but otherwise, uh, performances were great. I highly, I recommend, go see The Danish Girl. I think it's worth the money. I do. I do. Um, okay, m- money, that's uh, two topic points where money comes up. So let's go ahead and do the other thing where I like to thank those who do pay for the content, for the lovely people. Uh, let's do the impersonal Patreon thank you roll call. Yes. This is the part of the show where I like to thank everybody who donates to the Man Whore Podcast on Patreon. So right now, thank you oh so very much for helping keep this podcast going. Thank you, Christina D. and Holly F. Thank you, SB, Lauren A., Madeline B., and Dave K. Let's go and thank you, Andrew R., Megs N., Sarah B., Alex S., Toby T., Chris W., Lauren M., Gregory Young of the Bowery Boys Podcast. Anna Super Slut, Sean B, Prickly Peach, Megan N, and still more names, folks. Nelly H, Jazz O, Sean N, Mary G, Jeff C, Mark G, Jennifer C, Emily S, Mike G, and Max T, Anthony C, Tina Horn, thank you, Karen G, Chris with a K, Ed B, Greg A, Jeffrey J, Lawrence B, Dervla, Ramon F, Justin C, and Ginger Extraordinaire Lance. Thank you all so very much. Uh, It means a whole lot to me. It helps me keep this podcast moving in the right direction. And you too can support the Man Whore Podcast and receive a slew of great rewards. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month or a dollar at one time, just once. And you can cancel at any time. Just go to manwhorepod.com, click the Patreon banner on the side, or you can download the new nifty Patreon app and find the Man Whore Podcast and your other uh, favorite content creators there. Uh, this favor I ask of you, uh, if you can, this one's free. It's all this takes is a few minutes of your time. Um, I'm putting together a clip show of the best manhor podcast moments. You know, we're coming up on a hundred episodes soon and I would like to, I would love to revisit some great times. So, you know, email me at manhorpod at gmail.com your favorite guests or maybe your favorite quotes, your favorite topics. Let me know what you'd uh, like to hear again or, or, or an episode you like to go back to often. Please let me know what you enjoyed. I'd love to bring it back. I'd hate to, to replay a clip that I love that everybody hated. <laughs> I don't know if you liked it unless y'all tell me. So manhorpod at gmail.com. And of course, you can always just email me like your questions, your positive comments, your negative criticisms, your booby pictures, all that stuff, you can email me, manorpod at gmail.com. Now, this week's guest is Effie Blue. Effie Blue runs Relationship by Design. She's an alternative relationships coach. She works with like a lot of people who are exploring non-monogamy, polyamory, um, those who are monogamous, who are interested in doing some sort of opening up of their relationships or... Um, maybe even just fine-tuning their mostly monogamous relationships to mean whatever they want. Uh, I love it. I love the idea around her practice because I've, I've said for a long time, you know, a relationship is whatever relationships, like you should make your own rules. We're in a day and age. You, there's no more, you don't have to do the norm. Okay. A relationship is whatever, like two or three or 12 people want that relationship to be. And, you know, I'm taking this line from Effie's website. Uh, At the core of what she does is uh, there is no single model that suits everyone. 
all relationships deserve to be custom fit for all parties involved. Relationships should be like a suit or a nice dr- or a prom dress. Custom fit. So um, Effie and I had a fucking fabulous conversation. We talked a lot about love and relationships and communication and non-monogamy and all that awesome stuff. Uh, there's definitely less butt-fucking than usual in this episode. So I am sorry to those of you who will be disappointed. To the rest of you, I think you're going to love this episode. It's really a great conversation. Can't get enough of it. Uh, but first, I want to remind you all that uh, this week's episode of the Man Horror Podcast is sponsored by AdamandEve.com. Just in time for Valentine's Day, maybe you're thinking, oh shit, uh, let's try something new. I need some beginner bondage gear. Or maybe it's uh, it's going to be a Valentine's Day all by your lonesome and your vibrator is starting to, to, to go out. Or maybe, maybe you want to treat yourself. Get yourself something new, something shiny. Maybe a steel dildo. Whatever you want, Adam and Eve has over 18,000 products to choose from, and I've got a very special deal for you, all right? Uh, Man Whore Podcast listeners, you can get 50% off of almost any one item, plus a uh, free romance kit, a free adult DVD, and free shipping. All you have to do is go to adamandeve.com, make your purchases, use the code MANHOR at checkout to get your 50% off. Adam and Eve is the, the first website I ever bought a sex toy, and I'm very happy for it. Still have it to this day, six years later. Now, uh, let's go ahead and chat with Effie Blue. So you were saying before you're disappointingly straight? Yeah, so that used to be how I identified. Um, I used to, um, people used to ask, and I used to say I'm disappointingly straight, and then, and. And I used to qualify that as being, um, I have nothing against women. I, I see, I, like, I can see how women are attractive and I can, it's, I'm, I'm not like, whoa, no, I don't want to touch women. Um, I just never felt any attraction. And I, and I like, I like boys. So I used to get distracted, you know, I get distracted by boys and, and, and not really like spend any kind of energy on thinking about whether I want right. to connect with this girl or not. Um, and what's been happening recently is, and then I also go through these like phases when I'm like, I'm gonna discover bo- girls. I'll, I'd be like, I'll say, I'm gonna discover girls. I'm gonna like want to connect with girls. And New see Year's how resolution. Goes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like every six months or so, I'll be like, okay, <laughs> this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and I get distracted, you know. Um, I'll meet somebody or, you know. Um, so I kind of just like never really explored and I always say disappointingly straight. Um, and then recently I've found myself in situations where, um, in sort of communities and crowds, which are very LGBTQ centered without, um, that many, um, straight men around, Mm -hmm. which kind of takes a distraction away. And once you do that, I was like, okay, okay. So here's an opportunity to connect with some, you know, some, some women, regardless of their orientation. Um, and see how it goes without the distraction of like cute boys. And I'm like, uh, oh, there's a cute boy over there. So um, part of you is like, you know, if I was in prison, like maybe I could. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> also, I went to an all girls boarding school for ah, six years. Wow. So I think that, I mean, um, I haven't really gone into it that, but I, I know that it was, I mean, a bunch of girls going through puberty at the same time um, in, a, in a in a closed environment is not fun. So I think a part of me kind of shut down to, 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 to women during that period when, you know, we were all going mad and getting our periods for the first time right. and just like taking out on each other. So I think I kind of like shut down a little and I'm like, oh, you know, scary. Um, but that I'm finding that um, just like with anything that there's... Um, 
space for growth for me around that and then the growth that I'm really enjoying and like discovering myself and discovering different types of connection um so yeah, yeah. no longer disappointingly straight I give that to Kenneth now okay. he's he's owning that now <laughs> well when Kenneth told me he's disappointingly straight I was like what do you mean he's like well because if I wasn't straight I'd have way more options <laughs> exactly there's more of the population exactly I <laughs> exactly and in his case it's not the attention like he also has the attention like if he wasn't if he wasn't so straight that he would yeah he'd oh have. he'd get it I mean yeah <laughs> with those abs and that haircut <laughs> yeah. everything about him screams sure yeah yeah <laughs> and it's disappointingly straight in the other way that people also like make an assumption that he's at least a little bi because of the way he carries himself and that's the other thing it's disappointing to the other people also you know people yeah. just like what you're totally straight there have been probably many men who have hit on him for like a good hour oh yeah they put the investment <laughs> yeah. and then they make a move and he, he lets them down and he, they're like fuck man come on you can't wear that haircut and not tell me up front <laughs> right right i think he's actually getting better at doing that these days uh but for sure i know he i know he's had encounters like that which is kind of funny yeah oh Kenneth, he's fun um so we we are here with effie blue Hello, hello. Hello, welcome to my Uh, home. Yes, thank you for having me. Uh, You you are an alternative relationships coach. Yes. Do I have that right? Yes, exactly, exactly. I'm a relationship coach and I focus on couples um, and single people also, but my passion is really working with couples who are transitioning or curious about Mm -hmm. um, uh, from from monogamy to non-monogamy, which can be be a tough transition. It's just that you just don't know what you're doing. And, um, you know, monogamy comes with a set of default settings, right? It's, it's, it's heavily prescribed. Um, we know what it looks like. We know um, from Disney to our parents to TV to Valentine's Day cards, you know, right. we understand what monogamy is. And it comes with a set of default settings, which means that some of the things that we don't actually have to have a conversation about or think about, we can just like you know, default to these settings and, and, and move forward in a relationship. It's the assumed norm. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So it, it, it kind of makes it a little easier to like just be in relationships and not handle a bunch of things. Um, now, when you cross over that, when you cross over to the other side, suddenly those default settings are no longer viable. Um, there really isn't anything to fall back on. There's no blueprint. There's no cultural norms. You know, you don't look at your, you know, most people, most of us don't look at our parents' relationship and take cues from that. You're kind of in uncharted territory. Yeah. Um, so I, I coach around this idea of relationship by design because in the absence of any structure, you have to build your own. And, and like a Build-A-Bear relationship. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. Or Lego, you know, it's a Lego relationship. You kind of sit there with your Lego pieces, you decide like what, um, what, what works for you, what you really want, what, what that relationship looks like, feels like, smells like, sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you, you design, you, you co-design um, your relationship from scratch. And, and the kind of the analogy I use is that if you, um, you know, the both parties will design what the relationship looks like and you kind of put them on top of each other. And, and if it's a picture that you like, then you off you go and, and color it in, you know, mm-hmm. make it make it happen. Um, but it's this idea of right, there, are no, there are no defaults. So you have to like um, design your relationship um, from scratch, which is liberating and scary at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I knew from a, a 18, I was like, I think monogamy is not going to be my thing, but I think it's going to be like the base. And when I was reading your website, I loved the whole by design. You make your own rules. And that's why I've always thought it was like a relationship is whatever two or three or four or 12 people want that particular relationship to be. You know, they just make your own rules. And if monogamy is like most of it with whatever, you know, uh, side 
things do you, you know do you right exactly exactly and i think it's it's really i mean we're individuals right we all all of us are individuals we have our own quirks and things that we want and we don't want um and it only makes sense that that reflects in the relationships that we're in rather than these like stock relationships and defaults that we sort of follow by the way there's nothing wrong with that right. I, i i can't say this enough and i say this with every and every workshop that i i i do and every kind of this that i do that there is nothing wrong with monogamy there really yeah. isn't and if 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 it is for you if the two people who are in that relationship are happy and it serves them please like go ahead and have a great relationship you know do it really well and be proud of it and look after each other and and you know have this nucleus family and be happy you know there's nothing wrong with that um but it just doesn't it just isn't for everyone right um just like non-monogamy isn't for everyone monogamy isn't for everyone and and It, there just needs to be room for this mm. um and that's 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 the only cause if you like like i don't my cause is not what i call poly preaching i don't believe <laughs> that yeah the poly preaching poly flexible is another one i like poly curious i like those like little, yeah i like those little um I, i think it's also because once you like come out of the norms you kind of have to put labels on things so that people understand but the whole saying. problem is is like once you leave monog like monogamy island there's all sorts of stuff it's right. all so overlapping and and when you're doing it by your own design it's not like it even has a label the label is you know if it's jen and paul that's jen and paul sexual like that's just that's <laughs> right. their relationship model right which may not be the same as anyone else's sure yeah, yeah, yeah. and that, exactly. that's the weird thing we're having the like we need labels to be able to communicate easily like right. when you if someone says i'm polyamorous i know what that means if someone right. says you have an idea of what it, well, is. it gives idea. you a starting point right. yeah i know that there's gonna it's gonna be th something based on love it's not just like a free-for-all fuck uh sure. if someone says i am a swinger uh, you know swinger, what that looks like yeah, yeah. but You know, that's the weird thing is that a lot of these uh, relationships by design, as you call them, right. don't fit into any one of those things sometimes. Right, exactly. And, and I actually kind of, um, that's how I start um, most of these conversations, which is here is like all these labels. That, so you have non-monogamy as, as an overall umbrella and you have all these, like you have poly, you have swingers, you have open, you have monogamish, thanks to mm -hmm. Dan Savage. <laughs> you know, um, so we have all these labels um, with relationship by design. We acknowledge them. And they're good case studies. And then we kind of put them to one side and, and work our own design. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, that's, that's the relationship by design idea. Um, the, the sort of these, like, um, some of those labels and the structures that they um, insinuate, let's say, are helpful. Because they give you some ideas, some case studies of what it can look like. And then you can sit down and, like, design what yours look like. You ever get, like, a couple who comes in, like, super just hyper focus on like no we're going to be poly like we want to we want to go to the poly things and talk about being mm -hmm. poly with poly people like this is this is what we're going for and then you go like hey let's take a step back and uh let's look at what you actually want right right exactly so I, i think a lot of people just read the, they read the poly word and be like oh that seems fun sure yeah. sure sure or they come really cautious okay they're just like we just want to have sex with like one person together, you know, they're super cautious and, right. and that's also like allowed. I can see how people can be protective over their relationship, especially it's been, if it's been a, you know, a while and they're like dipping their to um, toes into the water and, and feeling like what it, you know, what it's going to be like. So you get some people that are just like, gun ho, let's go and just like go out there and dive like, in, dive in. And you have some people that are super cautious and they're just like, oh, we just want to try, like, how do we safeguard this? Um, I pretty much have the same what you what you said is absolutely correct they have the same attitude to all of them which is okay 
let's I understand let's just park it for a second and look at like why like why do you want these things like and how does that translate as as a structure that you can grow um yeah are one of those like easier to deal with than the other is it like do you have a pre as a coach is it easier for you to deal with the more gung-ho couple or the more conscious couple um it's it's an interesting question um this they're just very different ways of dealing with Mm. them um i wouldn't say it's easier or or um harder um it's just a different they they they, like often coming from a different come from right they have um, different motivations so it's an interesting you have to kind of understand those motivations to why somebody's gone home and why someone's really cautious and then support them with that in mind um so i don't really think about um whether it's harder or or easier or harder i actually uh, it's a good it's an interesting question um i think on on my side also i look at um, things as by design. So each couple, each session is, is by design and self-contained. I don't like comparing them. Okay. Um, and I actually hadn't thought about that until you asked that question. Hmm. Um, so the sessions are by design also, you know, they're just like, okay, it's about the couple in the session with me and whatever we're trying to build there and them. It's, it's a great answer. It's a good, safe answer. Because I got to imagine there's a shrink somewhere who goes like, well, schizophrenics are like just way more difficult to deal with than the, than the depressives. And the, so you can compare them a little bit, I feel like. Sure, sure. Um, I guess just, they're, just, they're addressing very different fears, yeah. right? So um, I think if people are cautious, um, I think I'll tell you, okay, I'll give you an answer that's a bit more, um, bit more poignant than that. Um, where I personally struggle, I am very cautious of not converting. Okay. Like, I don't want to poly preach and I'm not in the business of converting people from what what they think is a safe structure for them. Mm-hmm. So if I if I'm working with a couple who who are reluctant, um for me, I have to be super conf- uh, conscious of not converting them or convincing them or pushing them into something they don't want to do. Mm-hmm. So it, at that point, I kind of become a bit more sensitive and try to understand the motivations, especially if one party is more reluctant than the other. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually mentioned on my website that I'm not interested. So if you have a partner and you, you really want to be poly or open or open a relationship and your partner's like, no way. If you're dragging that person along to my session, hoping that I will, I will convert them... Tell her. Tell her the good word of the poly people. (laughs) Right. Preach and convert and brainwash. Um, That's not not what I do. Right. Um, And I'm not interested in doing that. So if there is a lot of reluctance, it becomes a bit more of a nuanced session. Um, And I have to, like, listen extra carefully of what we really want and not, like, oversell the idea. So sometimes uh, they may come in thinking they want to do this whole big thing and maybe really all they really wanted was like to do threesomes sometimes. Right. 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 Exactly. But sometimes you just got to talk that out. Right. And, and it's discover that by the end of it. Right. Yeah. Right. Or that they, they have this idea that if you just do like if you have that one threesome, mm-hmm. it's a downward spiral. You know, like you, before you know it, you're going to be in like neck deep in like a bunch of relationships and, and you don't know what you're going to do. And, you know, someone's going to, you know, one party's going to leave the other one because they're having an awesome like threesome with two other girls. Like they have these like, you know, nightmare scenarios that could happen if they just have that one threesome, you know. Um, so it's about breaking that down and, and saying like we can safeguard each of these actions. Um, we can safeguard each of these actions um, so that you can feel comfortable doing them and exploring them. Um, and dealing with it when when that nightmare scenario happens because it might happen sure, sure. And it doesn't have to be the end of everything right exactly and it's like let's talk out like how you're going to deal with that when it happens yes yes exactly exactly one of the analogies that i use um 
that I actually really like, if I say so myself, <laughs> um, is um, is a is a lava lamp analogy. You know what a lava lamp is, right? These like cool. I've I've seen movies from the seventies. <laughs> like yeah. these seventies. I saw Austin Powers. You know, I, I get <laughs> exactly, it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I, I think of uh, if you can think of um, a, a lava lamp structure, right? So you have a solid structure on the on the outside, you know, glass and and metal or whatever it is, um, and then you have um, ideal environment on the inside. So it's like a, a liquid that warms up to a certain temperature, and then and then you have this like awesome fluid thing that changes once everything is right the structure's in place the, in, the ideal environment's in place you, you have take this- some acid look at it it turns into pretty things yeah exactly <laughs> and you have this like cool fluid thing in the middle that changes and warps and and and, and divides and gets back together but is like contained and fluid and and you know so you can take some drugs and like stutter <laughs> for the you know for forever right. um, because it's just so awesome right and imagine if your relationship was that awesome that people were taking drugs and just like what you. <laughs> you know, you were talking about fear, and uh, and so sometimes the fear is the like, what if this happens, and like sure. it's a it, it messes up our relationship. Do you find that the people who are gung ho sometimes the fear with them is like that whole fear of missing out? Yeah. Um. It, well, there's two things. There's some people are gung ho because they're truly at that place in their relationship. Like they mm. they they feel like they've um you know they they have the connection, the foundation in place, and they're ready. And they just want to do it and they just want to make sure that they know um, how to do it. So they, um, you know, some of them have actually even read the books and they're just looking for guidance on like, we're ready, we have this foundation in place, we want to do it. Like, how do we do this? How do we have the conversations? Um, What do the conversations look like? What conversations should we have? It's just that you don't, you don't know any of that, you know, it's just not, it's not in our, in our vicinity. Like you don't see many examples of of this. So um, some gun-ho, couples are like um ready um and some are uninformed gung-ho right Mm -hmm. they 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 just don't they just think that it's going to be or they have this idea or idealized version of what it's going to look like um uh, and sometimes there's a discrepancy between the between the couples of what that looks like. You know, they think it's going to look one way, and and one you know one person looks think, look thinks that it's going to look one way, and the other one the other way, and they they're kind of rushing to, you know to get there. Um, so we need to do a bit of calibration, yeah. and um, you know, uh, giving them a, a dose of reality also. Like you know, it's not going to be you know it's not going to be Roman orgies all day every day. Um, but man, if only it was, if only <laughs> yeah. it was. Um, well, I think you can, if you really wanted to, you could nurture that, you know, <laughs> it'd be hard work, you know, but you could do it. Yeah. How'd you, how'd you uh, come into this line of work anyway? You have a, I th- you have, from what I read on your website, you have an interesting backstory sure. and how you, you came into this non-monogamy world. Yeah. Um, a bit like you, which we were saying earlier, like I had this sense of like, there has to be another way. Um, and I actually have an interesting background, some of it which I'm not proud of, and mm. I um, I talk about it honestly and um, uh, uh, with um, an acknowledgement of it and and with apology, but not no longer with shame. Okay. Um, so I I, I have uh, serial infidelities is, is is what in you know what's in my past. So mm. I, I I was in you know long term relationships during which I I cheated on my partners. And um, and then I would confess because it's not something. This, these are like how this is where the clues I got to like oh this is what I should be doing. The secrecy never appealed to me. I didn't mm-hmm. want to like go and have affairs and like live in secret. I actually like eventually confessed. Um, 
And it would, you know, it'd just be so heartbreaking for people. Um, and for a while, I realized, like, I just, I just can't do this. Like, I'm not going to be able to have a relationship because I keep doing the same thing. And I have this weird correlation. The happier and more secure I feel in a relationship, the more promiscuous I get. Really? You know? Yes. Okay. What's yes. that about? Well, actually, there's a, there's a bunch of psychological studies about um, with kids. So you put kids in a room... Um, with with a caregiver, with a primary caregiver, they're more likely to explore the room. Like they'll they'll leave their they leave their caregiver and they'll like go and look around, like toys around, and like go and up open drawers and you know be more explore like explore. Is like, that about having like a base of safety? Like safety if it doesn't go well, they can come back. Right, exactly. So when you take the parent out in the same room, kids like stay still and they're not interested in in, in exploring. I believe it's it's that effect. Okay. You know, when I'm really secure and safe in the relationship, I like as when I want to explore um, and ideally do that with my partner even if not physically with them but being communication about it mm-hmm. you know um, so I want to be able to tell them you know the experiences that I've, I've had the explorations I'm doing and, 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 and have it almost as a, as a project between us you know um, so that's kind of that's what I wanted that's not what I was having so I kind of like stopped um, and um, and decided that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to have relationships, which is, which seems to be like a, a common trend actually. As I talk to people, um, a lot of they people just give up. They're like, I guess I can't. Right. This, and th- this is before you knew about right. that there was another option. Right. Exactly. So you just default to, well, I guess since I can't stay faithful, I guess I just have to be like real slutty. Right. Yeah. Right. And single. Like I have to single. like remain single and not hurt anyone because I was just hurting people. Sure. Um. So I was like, well, I'd be single and have like casual relationship, like casual. Um, sexual encounters, you know, have friends, but never really be in a long-term relationship that I'm committed to somebody. Um, so I kind of like I'd given up, mm. um, and um, uh, and I was in the corporate world, so I kind of poured myself into my work, um, and it worked for me because I was in international development for a, uh, for an ad agency, and I traveled for about a decade. I lived in Asia, Africa, mainland Europe. That's how I came to the U.S. Mm. Um, and the, the constant traveling made it easy for me to stay single. Right, um, and then you, I, you have bros in different areas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <I> get it. <laughs> um, and then eventually, I moved to New York, and um, one of those like encounters, um, one thing led to another, and I met. I, I kind of found myself in in the middle of the the, the non monogamous community in New York, and it was one of those like, whoa. <laughs> oh yeah, especially New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But it was like it was this like. Uh, you know, like this, the sun came up, you Ooh. know, um, on, on that side of my life. And I was just like, wow, I'm not strange. I'm not weird. There are a bunch of other people who are doing the same thing. Um, and um, I was like, okay, this is something that I need to look into. And I spent about two years actually reading, studying, um, going to workshop, working with people, and really understanding what it is and what drives me. And, 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 and after like two years of doing that, I realized I actually wanted to, um, pass this knowledge on and the things that I wish I knew um, mm. when I was like getting into to, to non-monogamy um, and work with you know work with people and, and and help them do the same thing yeah that revelation is just so it's it takes like away this burden sure because I remember the when I discovered that there was another option was I saw I was sitting in some break room at work I was uh, tutoring at some high school and I, there, was, there was like a New York Daily News piece, I think, on polyamory. It was mm-hmm. a very small thing somewhere like in the back of the paper. And I was like, that makes sense. Like if I can love one person, because I was in a monogamous relationship at mm-hmm. the time. The only girlfriend uh, who has agreed to be my girlfriend. 
<laughs> um, there's been many pitches. She's the only one who accepted. Okay. Um, and I was like, oh, well, I love so why couldn't I also love someone else? I mean, why it didn't make sense as a finite resource. And then, you know, it, but I left it. I didn't, I never looked into it again. I had a nice slutty college experience, but towards the end of college and as I graduated, I started listening to Dan Savage, started reading articles. I was like, there is another world. Sure. And, and it made me feel not strange. It was again, like you said, it's like, I'm not a weirdo. Right. I just didn't know that the, the other weirdos are over here. <laughs> Where I belong. Right, exactly, you know? exactly. Um, and I think that's why I'm... I'm it, th- that's why I like talking about non-monogamy. And again, it's it's something that I'm very sensitive about. I d- I'm not interested in poly-preaching. Yeah. I don't think the world should be... Are like, you polyamorous, though? Do you identify I am, as poly- Yes, okay. I am identify as polyamorous. Um, but I don't like poly-preaching. Sure. But I do want it to be out there as an option. I want people to know that it's an option. You don't have to take it... Um, but that it is an option and it's not a, a shameful option or a bad option or a, a wrong and weird option. It is an option. It's like being left-handed, you know, it's not the majority of I the I am pop- left-handed. <laughs> so, <I> mean, <laughs> Perfect. Like I've, I started a new notebook and I just Perfect. figured out at 26, oh, I could start the notebook upside down <laughs> and not fuck it up. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it took you it's a while. It's a hard work. Yeah, you have to, sure. you know, you experiment, you try out different yes, notebooks. Yes, um, exactly. And you find the one that works for you. Exactly. It's funny, actually. Left handed people are, I think being left handed is actually really interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that people don't notice or think about. We live in a very right handed world. Like, <laughs> you forget how right handed this world is because you're right handed until you hang out with somebody who's left handed. It feels oppressive. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the world isn't orientated for you, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and it's such a weird quirk being left handed. Um, and, and I equate it to a bunch of things like, you know, like being, being, being in an open relationship. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just a bit different than the norm, you know? And it's not something that you, um, you want, like, it's not something you, create or like go after or it's not you know it's just something that you know where you are and um you may have to live in a world that is catered for the other side for the to the right-handed people but you're just you know you're just a bit left-handed in relationships yeah. you know that's just what it is <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome um yeah okay so this this i definitely want to talk about sure. if you're comfortable talking yeah. about it um so so we have mutual friends we, met, we mentioned kenneth uh-huh. and so there is a there is a woman who I don't think anyone of, of us like in the world. I don't know why she has fans. Uh, the, the Gwyneth Paltrow, and she had that. Fr- she she when she broke up with Chris Martin, they had a conscious uncoupling. Sure, they coined this new term that uh, comedians really latched on to making sure. fun of. And then I see a post uh, that that my friends uh, Ken and Jen are are doing a conscious uncoupling party. Mm-hmm, for and, sure. And then I learned that you you were involved with that. Indeed, indeed. Idea, indeed. Okay, um, sure. We can talk about this. Throwing um, a breakup party. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. So here's the thing. This is about relationship by design. Okay. Um, I know um, Kenneth and Jennifer um, intimately. I dated Kenneth for about a year and a half, and mm. he's a dear friend of mine. Um, and 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 Jennifer also is when they were you know when they were together they were, they were a solid couple and they were my really first poly experience in that I was dating a couple mm-hmm. and I didn't really know um, the female side of things so I didn't know how to handle Jennifer okay um, and I didn't want to be threatening my 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 boundaries around um, my relationship with Kenneth was very clear mm-hmm. um, but I just didn't know like it's, I don't have experience um, and Jennifer 
was amazing. Like she's actually one she's of my magical. She's magic exactly. She's magical. And um she's now one of my closest, dearest um female friends. And and I would say actually probably like one of the first female friends that I really connected on a on, on that level, which is ironic because he was, you know, she was my my lover's girlfriend, you yeah. know? Um, that, and and in the poly world, the term for that is, of course, a metamor. Right, exactly. So she was my she was my metamor, and, and by the way, to this day, remains as as, as one of my best friends. Um, I know their relationship intimately, um, and I have supported them um, throughout their relationship, and as they were coming, as they were transitioning out of it, and I completely understand why. And there are no hard feelings. Um, the uncoupling party is very on brand for them. For their relationship, the way they've lived their relationship for yeah. three and a half years, almost four years, mm-hmm. the way they the way they've decided to uncouple is is exactly how they live the relationship. Yeah. It's 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 celebration, it's party, it's costumes, it's with their friends, it's public. Um, and then it, at the end of it, everyone has some sex. Exactly, <laughs> like, exactly, and that is exactly how they live their relationship. I think the only people. I, well, it's weird because when, it's not as weird as I was just about to make it to be because when people do break up, so much time you have the breakup sex. Their right. breakup sex is just way happier. There's no <laughs> shame about it. Right. How many people do you have you met? It just goes like, yeah, no, I, bro- I broke up with Justin and like we had breakup sex and I shouldn't have done that. Right, right. They're like, and no, we had breakup sex and <laughs> yeah. it was awesome. With our friends. Yeah. <laughs> you know. All watching and cheering yeah. and I guess periscoping it. Um, <laughs> right, right, right. But the, it's so, and to me, it's like relationship by design. And, and, and that's, like, that's so, there's nothing weird about that if you know them and their relationship. Mm. And, and the fact that it's, it's out of the norm is, is great also because it makes people, um, you know, like stand up and look at it. Um, and I do think that when Gwyneth Paltrow and, and, and Chris, um, Chris Martin. Chris I think. Martin. Yeah. I, I don't like that. I know that information. <laughs> I just do. Yeah. Well, Chris Coldplay was a big deal for a while. He's in Coldplay. I just don't like knowing celebrity Whoa. names. I hate <laughs> celebrity gossip. I worked at a, a, a celebrity gossip magazine, and I just hated it. Sure. Like I know that Kim Kardashian's birthday is like towards the end of October. I think the twenty first. How would you even know? Because that? when you work at a celebrity gossip magazine, you just end up knowing that. And well, I don't. I'm not proud of it. Sure. It's taking up space in my brain where I should like <laughs> learn. Well, why should I vote for Bernie Sanders? Like <laughs> right. that's where that information should be. Sure. <laughs> so, sure. Sure. <laughs> but um, you're saying Gwyneth and Chris? Yes. I didn't think when they said it, they didn't. I don't know the details. I've heard the phrase back then too, and I was just like, "Huh, interesting." Um, it just makes sense. It makes more sense. It, I don't know their situation, yeah. so that's a, as a, as as people who identify as poly. It makes a lot of sense actually, because breakups don't make sense. The relationships are fluid. Mm. They really just uncoupled. You know, we're still friends, and we I think still- they're still lovers too, right? It's like, right, exactly, exactly. So they're just not doing the relationship part, of, the right. romantic part of it. Right. Say. It's not even that. They're just not future planning. Mm. Right. I think that's what the that's what the that's what the big difference is. The uncoupling is if you imagine that you're laugh, in your life that you're walking a path together mm-hmm. and that you can, you know, you can walk walk that path you know, that path as a couple, um and and make some, you know, uh, decisions together and plan for the future and um they've just decided that what they want in the future isn't 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 the same. So they've uncoupling um on that path. It doesn't mean that they're not gonna cross paths every now and then. It's yeah. it's impossible that they're not because we're all friends. We're 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 a part of a very close knit group of friends um that are um not just you know not just the sexy space but you know we're we're a burning man camp. We have projects together, you know, we're we're a hard working bunch of bunch of people that not only enjoy their in each other's company sexually but also intellectually and 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 in terms of what we can build and what we can do. Yeah. 
It's wild. It's wild. Do you have, do, do you get do you get people who are uh, have you had clients who were not in what they call like a romantic relationship, like they weren't a couple, but they were just lovers? I haven't had clients, but I I know of those. So um, I I I like to I take interest in like the the the, the broader um, like they're trying to figure out how to to enhance their relationship as lovers or as friends with benefits, right. but like not taken into a romantic realm or. Right, I am. I don't have. I don't have exact experiences that, but mm-hmm. I know that I've. I've had conversations with with people who are in relationships, and they're kind of trying to figure out what that looks like, like that their their relationship with the the primary partners in place. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of like they they they're trying to figure out what that relationship looks like without hurting their existing partner. So I've had those conversations. Um, I don't have any personal experience of people kind of just like trying to nurture a relationship. Um, uh, as friends with benefits. Okay. Um, that's just not person. That's not sure, my personal sure. experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I support that. I, I really, I, um, I, I think we need to have this separation, just like we have a separation between orient- sexual orientation and gender. Mm-hmm. We need to have a, a, a separation between relationships and sex. Yeah. Um, there are there are plenty of long term relationship, a companion relationships that don't have sex that, that don't have sex in you know as a part of that relationship. Sure. And then you have relationships that are very very sex based, and and the the you know the the togetherness, if you like, is just captured in that moment, and everyone's okay with that. Like these you know like friends with benefits or uh, situations where you know it's it, the, the relationship is, is uh, boundaries are sexual, and the relationship is contained in that sexual that sexual space, and then it you know it doesn't exist outside it. Um, those are the two ends of the spectrum and there's everything in between Mm. and I think in order to understand those relationships you need to break down you need to you know you need to break down um, sex um, in that in that relationship versus the relationship structure itself Mm -hmm. okay so my issue as I was telling you before we started my Mm. my issue is uh, is is women have uh, they've been willing to like hook up and fool around Mm -hmm. And anytime I've said like, "Hey, let's you know make this more of a thing," mm-hmm. they're like, "No, no, no! You're just gonna fuck me. Like this is not. This is the only city where you have to reassure a Tinder date. Like, don't worry, I'm only trying to sleep with you. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> Why would I want love and care and affection? No, mm-hmm. I want none of that. Mm-hmm. This is the only city uh, I find that in. And so, as a guy who's not, uh, I'm not seeking necessarily a monogamous relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm not against it either. Um, I just know the only thing I do know is I'm not going to have sex with the same woman for the next 50 years. That's the only thing I do know. Mm-hmm. Would, what would you recommend to a guy who's trying to date, who's trying to, to meet people to have rom- a romantic relationship, but sure. by design? Sure. Um, first of all, um, especially a, a, for me, a straight, you know, cis dude. Sure. Um, first of all, you have to, uh, as, um, as Reed says, um, you have to date your species. Reed. My, um, he hasn't been on the show, so they they may or may not know who oh, Reed Mahalko um, is. Yeah, exactly. Um, Reed Mahalko. Um, uh, readaboutsex.com. Yeah. Um, I'll give him a like shout out. Sex guru, basically. Right, sure. All, all things about sex and, 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 and relationships also. Um, um, uh, yeah, you, as, as he says, you um, you need to date your species. Mm-hmm. So first of all, you need to try to figure out what you want. So you're looking for somebody who's also poly. I, how do you identify? I mean, we should, this is the relationship Ooh. by design. You need to kind of design right. what that looks like and then put it out there. And be respectful of people who like want to jump on board, or those are like, "This is not for me." Yeah. Um, oh, that's the relationship part of things. So now I think my so because I don't just. It's not that I don't know what I want, but what I want is so in between the worlds. I'm not against polyamory, but I think that the, my first 
foray back into um, romantic dating, I would kind of want like a little, like a period of monogamy. Sure. Because I, you know, it's been so long since someone, um, like I, I just haven't been the priority for someone sure. in a very long time. Sure. So part of me wants to be someone's priority. Sure. And I want someone to be my priority for a change. It feels nice. It feels sure. great and warm. And when, you know, if you're dating multiple people, that feels even better because then you're like a high priority for multiple people. And sure. that's great. But uh, I think when I, so I met a girl at the, at the last Hacienda mm-hmm. and, and we went on some dates and things got busy and that very quickly, I guess, ended. Um, that's what happens. You have three jobs, but <laughs> she's polyamorous. And I was thinking, okay, like, can I, I was like, can I handle this? Now she did not have a primary partner. She was kind of like a secondary partner for a couple people. So I was like, oh, well, maybe that can work for me because then, in th- you know, damn it, I want six months where, like, I'm the fucking... Sure, I hear I'm the, you. I'm the, the light in their eye. Yeah, and, and you're, you're very much entitled to that. Like, that is your relationship by design, mm-hmm. right? You're saying, like, I want a period of time where I get to know my partner and be a priority and then be And priority. learn to feel safe and have build that trust. Sure. I don't want to just jump into non-monogamy with, sure. with a serious partner because, sure. like, you need, you need trust to do non-monogamy, sure. you know? Sure, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And actually, um, I, 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 you know, I, I, tackle, I tackle this. And one of the things... Um, Again, I like analogies. I think it helps people think. Um, you know what you are, um, what you're, what you're saying is that you want to meet somebody and and build a relationship, which I equate to like a house. You want to build, you want to build a beautiful house, okay. and then invite people to your house. Um, so you want to build a, a strong, solid, beautiful relationship, and then invite other people into that relationship. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so you and, and that's absolutely fine. You need to find somebody and and get building, you know. And w- with with this with this mindset that you're building something uh, that you're then going to uh, to be a host in, that you're gonna invite other people into that relationship, whether they're, they're your lovers, her lovers, but that you want to approach that as a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, you might not necessarily have to date people as a couple, but you kind of want to be a host of that relationship and you want to be whether that's just you being supportive of it or being aware of it um but from my understanding what you're looking for is is this idea of like here's my partner here's this house that we built and we want to share that with people that we want to love and care and 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 have sex with and we want to invite people to that to that um so i think that's what you want to do is am i yeah 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 yeah. yeah, that sounds a lot like what i would like yeah sure yeah yeah um then put it out there so how do yeah so so how do how does one put that out there um uh like is, is there use your words use your words <laughs> right right but is there is there a better place to meet people for example like is it better to go to say poly events or to use online dating it's uh it's, i find that kind of difficult that song and dance sure um so um my uh, advice to your suggestion to you mm-hmm. would be um not to do the song of that song and dance actually and approach it approach it from a, a place of of, of uh, and as I use these words, I'm a very pragmatic person. I'm, I'm pragmatic, pragmatic, and and um, acutely critical in that I, I'm I'm critical of the things I read. So and sort of the woo woo approach doesn't really always work for me. Um, but when I say this, I mean this in in kind of a solid way. Like you you can frame that f- with your truth and in, in an authentic way. Mm-hmm. So you can instead of saying I'm poly, I'm you know, and trying to figure out what they're doing, you can actually own your situation and be like listen i've given relationships a lot of thought it's important for me that 
the, and, and, and I know what I want to be happy in the short term and in the long term. And it looks like this. Here are the, here are the parts that I really thought about. I know that long-term monogamy isn't right for me. I do want to set up, I do want to go through a period when I build my house with you or the, my partner yeah. and then invite other people. So instead of a song and dance, just own it because you know what you want. Right. And you. When, when do you do all that? So like, should you do that on a first date? Because, you know, I, I think there's something to be said about tact. Right. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if if you're in a BDSM and that's like a core part of your sexuality and you need a partner who can be a dom or be a sub Mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, there's something to be said about like not throwing that out before the appetizer showed up. You know, Uh, there might be something to be said to like, oh, throw a second, third day or after Mm -hmm. we've had sex once just to, you know, get a vibe for it, uh, because maybe they'll be open to it once they've gotten to know you. There's some there's that school of thought. Um, So. I hear you. Sure. Um, I am. You can disagree. No, I'm no, no. Scared, I, right? I am all about transparency, right? So um, I would want, and especially in New York. So let's talk about very New York things, which is time management, right? All we right. we are all busy. We all have multiple jobs, projects, social lives, sex parties to go to. You know, <laughs> like we're busy, busy people. If I found out that somebody, it's, it's, I have particular, so, I'm, so mm. I'm, I'm, I know what my relationship. I want. I want. I know what that looks like, and and polyamory is, is the structure that I practice. If I go on a date with somebody and they, they, you know, they're strictly monogamous and they haven't quite told me, like by the third day, they're they're just like, do you know what? I'm actually really monogamous. I didn't really want to tell you up front, but that's like thir- you just wasted three dates, which could be like three weeks or a month. Right. Exactly. And that and and that's taken my time, my focus, Your my text. energy, my t- exactly so many times. <laughs> <laughs> exactly my words which are really you know I'm, I'm attached to my words um and you know you building you building a, a connection react, um, uh, uh, spending time and effort with somebody that you ultimately don't want the same things and it's not as i would be pissed to be honest mm-hmm. on the flip side i would also have a ton of respect for somebody who puts it out on the table and that you know we're adults you know we're, we're dating you know we're no longer kids um we're dating in an adult world um and I would have so much respect for somebody who, you know, uh, you know, before the appetizer, but you know, in, somewhere along the line on the first date, dessert during dessert, <laughs> or, or something that they've actually told me that there are aspects of their lives they're really given thought and and feel particular about, you know, and whether that's relationships or whether their career. If somebody said to me, um, "Listen, Effie, I I really like you. I want to let you know that my career is the focus of my life. Mm-hmm. I have devoted, you know, years and years my education. It's you know." And and the career is where that's that's my legacy. That's my that's what I want to do. It's the focus of my life. I want to know that. I want that. That's that's equally important um, information as somebody who's saying they want to be poly because mm-hmm. it's about their lives and I can make informed decisions about that. So in your case, you like you've given you know this a lot of thoughts and you know what you want. Um, and you even you you actually kind of detailed about it, which is kind of cool. Which is saying like you want a long term polyamorous structure, but you want to start a certain way, and you want it to tr- you want to transition a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, tell them, tell the tell 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 the people that you're dating, and it is very like it's very unlikely that people are going to shift from their values because they like somebody. Mm-hmm. And if and if you if you put people in that situation, I've I've recently. My um, my blog post is coming up, um, which I recommend uh, that you read. It's about somebody who put their ex girlfriend uh, in between her values and and her love for him, 
Like he was, you know, he was he was trying to get her to, uh, you know, be kinky um, in a way that was against her values, and she really, really loved him. So she was stuck in between like her values and what she, what what felt right for her and this like love that she developed for him. And he didn't he did it he did it inadvertently. Like that's not what he was trying to do. Sure. But that's what you're doing. So if you you know you, if you if you wait. And then tell somebody really likes you and then drop this bomb on them. You're putting them in a, between a rock and a hard place. You're saying, now, well, now you like me. I do this thing that may not be within your value system. Now you have to make a decision. Now, value system, do you mean more like she's not, she's not kinky herself or like she has a huge problem? So, <clears throat> Because I think there's a difference between putting someone in the position between the love for them and like, let's say a lifestyle like polyamory mm-hmm. or like serious kink versus, you know, uh, I think it's, it's not the worst thing if like someone is trying to get them to do a particular thing. Like, you know, like if someone tries anal for a guy just for, you know, because versus trying polyamory, I feel like those are two very different uh, things to like put someone between. Sure. Um, yes, in that particular case, and I know I can yeah. I can talk about this more because it's gonna be on a uh, you know sure. in a blog, um, and I'm not breaching any confidence. In that case, he, his um, kink was was cuckolding, okay. um, which is when a man that's a big yeah right, which a man um, enjoys their partner having sex with other men. So what he was doing is dating. He was dating um, you know a, a monogamous, um, uh, heteronormative. Um, beautiful girl, and and uh, I think she like in her late twenties, and, and and you know beautiful, um, who um you know was acutely aware, like most women in our you know in, in most women in the world are aware of slut shaming, right? So asking asking a woman who is very aware of slut shaming and has no desire to like act out, you know act in a way that would bring slut shaming on them, to essentially being going slutty for you, and then you know. Because they love you. If you love me, you fuck other men. You know, it's it's not okay. It's not okay. And and for him, it was such an integral part of his sexuality. He's like, well, I need that. I need this to be sexually happy. It's like, and I understand that. I I know plenty of kinky people where their kinks are such an integral part of their sexuality. Mm -hmm. They need to find a way of fulfilling this in order to be, you know, genuinely happy in a relationship. And, And they're entitled to that happiness. He was just going about it in a, you know, in a, in in a, in a bad way. He was not dating his species, and he was trying to enroll them into doing something that is against their value system. And for him, a non-monogamous person would have been better because exactly. she's like, yeah, I totally want to bang a bunch of other dudes. Exactly, exactly. Sure, I'll do that for you. Right. Versus this girl who's probably feeling bad when she's fucking these other men. Sure. She'd be like, but I love this guy. Yeah, I'm fucking yeah. him. Like, this feels weird. Right, 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 exactly, exactly. And if you don't share that kink, if you don't understand, and cuckolding is a specific one, if you don't understand that kink, as the person on the other side, it's 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 a weird one, right? Yeah. It's not something that you can wrap your head around it. If you love me, why are you, why do you want me to fuck other men? Like, it's a very... That's when you have love and sex are very intertwined. Right, right, right. So, um... So you know it, um, it. It you know it, it depends. You have to be. You have to be. Um, you have to date your species. Sure. You have to date your yeah. species, and you have to put this stuff up front. And um, my uh, my suggestion to him was was a similar to what I'm saying to you, which is it is such an integral part of your sexuality. You have to put it up front. Mm-hmm. You have to say, and you have to go to places where you meet those kind of people, whether it's poly cocktails, whether you actually be very explicit on. Um, on your um, online pro- online online dating profile, in a, in a go nice to FetLife where that's way easier to find. Exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. Or FetLife, or so yeah. Go after knowing what you want, and then going after it um, in a 
in a you know the the three qualities that I always go back to, which is humility, kindness, and grace. Okay. Um, um, going after that is is great, and I, I I love meeting people who are so particular and they just tell me up front, and mm. I'm like, awesome. I like particular people, and by the way, I'm particular too. And here here are my particular, you know, is sure. what I what I care about. It just I think the one thing that gets really difficult is finding the nuance of how to do that without just because yeah, you could be very pragmatic, and if you're a guy on OkCupid, you could send a thousand messages, and and it's right up there in the first message. I think there's again, I still think there's something to be said about like have some conversation and find a way, find a place where that slips in naturally versus kind of shoving it out there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in that first message. And because uh, that can be kind of intimidating, especially if the girl's like open-minded to it or a person's open-minded to it. And they're like, yeah, but like, can you just, can we slow down and say hello to each other first? Sure, like, where'd sure. you go to school? <laughs> sure, sure. Before I know that you want me to like, you know, do cock and ball torture. <laughs> sure, sure. But, um, yes, um, I would, so, uh, again, a little nuance on that. Putting that in an on an outgoing email to somebody yeah. is actually a little aggressive, sure. Yeah. But having it as a part of your profile, where is a part of your where, where you describe yourself as the things that are important to you, which is what that is about. Where someone can take it in, yeah. Right, exactly. And when you also have like and also, the other thing is this idea of like I'm just gonna slip it in while they're not realizing, you know, while they're not looking, or where you know I'm just gonna like get them to relax and I'm just gonna just tell them. Is 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 not the most ethical approach. Well, I mean, if, if sometimes a date just ends up in a sexual realm, and that might be the more appropriate time to slip in your sexual needs versus uh, right after you ask, like, what was your major in college? Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. I, but I, it's, it's just difficult because nuance you can't really teach. It's just a thing. And right. It's, it's, I think that's the hardest part of dating is the nuance part. Right. Um, and that's where there's so many times I'll see people. I, I love creepy Do you Are you on Reddit? Uh, yes, practically. Okay. I look there, for things when I need it. Yeah. There's a subreddit called Creepy PMs. It's one of my favorites. And so you just post screenshots of creepy private messages, whether it's kick, text, OkCupid, whatever. Uh, and there's I so many. <laughs> it's great. It's, all, it's a great laugh. Uh, and there's so many times I'll see these, ba- most of them really terrible. I'll see some that where I'm like, mm, I see what he was trying. I see mm-hmm. what he was going for. Mm-hmm. Oh, buddy, I was rooting for you. <laughs> <laughs> and then when it didn't go well, he started being an asshole. Be like, whatever, fucking skank. But I, you know, in that opener, I'm like, I see what you're going for, man. But, and, but it's like, sure. what do you tell him? Because you're like, I, there's no specific rule. Uh, some guy was uh, messaging me on Reddit about, I posted uh, a success story. He was like, well, here's what my open message is. And I'm like, well, I'm giving him some pointers. Mm-hmm. But there weren't too many like, well, you need to write this in this sentence. I was like, here's just the vibe you got to go for. Sure, sure. Exactly. It's It's very difficult to feed people lines, right? Because if it's not your authentic expression, it's going to show. And I think that's where the creepiness, there's another way of being like, I feel like I get that creepy vibe when I feel like people aren't being their authentic either, when they're just trying to appeal to me specifically. And I'm like, well, I know me. I want to get to know you. Like you appealing to me doesn't give me any information about you. It just means that you read my profile. We're good. Um, so I'm interested in like, what about you? You know, like, what is it about you that makes sense? That should make sense to me? Like, that why should I be attracted to you? Yeah. So I think this idea of gauging yourself to the other person, um, you should definitely have empathy, and you should definitely be on the same page and realize, like, you know, they're having their own experience of of, of what's happening. Mm-hmm. But calibrating, well, not calibrating, um, but um, pandering, if you like. 
to what you think they need or what they think they're going to respond to, I don't think that's a good approach. I think being authentic, your your own truth, your 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 own um, whatever is authentically is, is true for you, and then putting them out there, putting it out there with humility, kindness, and grace. I think is the best way to meet the people like that you're gonna you're likely to have a long term relationship with because you can only pander to somebody for so long because when you're doing that you're kind of taking yourself out of the equation and it's a relation it's a relationship it needs two people so yeah. if you're just actively pandering to the other person that's just one person relationship the person it's the person that you're pandering to and everything about them and you pandering to that like what is what where are you in that relationship? Like right. you and, and what's, what's real and true for you. Uh, so, so now that you're, you know, you've, you found your truth, you've changed your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You're, you're happier now that you date your species. Yes. Yeah. Much happier. Um, and yes, I'm much happier. The people I date are much happier. Yeah. Um, there isn't, there isn't heartbreak and you know, it's, it, here's the thing. I'm, it's not always perfect. You know, I'm happy, I'm content. I feel self-expressed. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm having the relationships um, that fit me very well. Um, but is it, you know, sunshines and, you know, is it sunshine, rainbows and puppy dogs every day? No, sure. no. Um, in in fact, I was, um, you know, I was having a conversation with, um, you know, a, a long-term partner who... Um, who is actually um, marrying his fiance? He's also a great friend of mine. Um, she's, you know, she's an awesome, strong woman that I absolutely love, and she's again one of my, you know, very, very good friends. And um, they kindly asked me to be in their wedding, um, so I'm going to be, I'm going to be the maid of honor, um, nice. and in their wedding. And I just, you know, I, you know, I love them and I root for them. And um, so, is, I w- are they very out about their being non-monogamous? Yes. Okay, so like people in the wedding party know. Like you're probably like that you date them. Yes. Because I think that's for me. There's a part of me that thinks it's funny if like the whole party has no idea. Like the big seeker is like, well, the maid of honor also like bangs the the, <laughs> sure. the groom. Sure. <laughs> Actually, the whole wedding lineup are lovers. Okay. So which is kind of fun. <laughs> um, um, she's also asked um uh, on her a couple of her lovers to be in the in the wedding too. So that makes whole- for a great reception. <laughs> Exactly, and it's kind of interesting. I think the family don't know. The family don't know. He, the The families don't know. That's fun. That's yeah, fun. Yeah, exactly. Everyone gets to have a secret. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so the family don't know the details, I believe. Um, but um, you know, I think some of the party, some of the wedding party will, and some of the won't, and that's kind of interesting and fun. I like that. Um, it'll be nice to see the um, reception unfold. That's kind of um, also like you know, as because they're not. They're not secretive about it. Like we've not been told to like uh-huh. not say anything. So these things are going to unfold. Like the great aunt doesn't know. <laughs> it's like they're like really, really handsy. <laughs> He's like, um, that kiss is taking a long <laughs> time. <laughs> um, and you're not the bride. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so, um, I was, you know, we were having this conversation, and I was telling him, like, I, you know, I, I love him. I don't always like him. But I, you know, I love him dearly, and this just makes it a real relationship. You know, it's mm. it's just like a real relationship. I just happen to have a, a few of them, and they happen to have other relationships. Yeah. You know, um, but in terms of people, it's just people. You know, that um, love each other. That's great. Yeah. That's great. So, um, where where can people find you online if, if they want to hire? You? So you do sessions both yes. in person here in New York, but you also do Skype sessions, right? Sure. So when- sure. Um, my preference is because I like to see the whites of the people's eyes. I, I love one-on-one sessions in my practice. Me too. That's why I only do the show in person. Right. So we're going to have a way, we're going to connect better sure. and have a better conversation, which is a better podcast than if I'm Skyping with someone who's in like, you know, Illinois 
Right. And like, I'm sure we'll have a fine conversation, but it's going to be so much better if like we're right in front right. of each other. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Totally. But I am passionate about what I do. And yeah. I do realize in the more um, uh, remote places around the US, there isn't as much support available. So mm-hmm. like in New York, we actually kind of live in luxury. There's like so many um, people are more open, more accepting. Um, there are um, non-monogamous meetups, discussion groups that you can turn up to. So um, a lot of that is actually available in the city. But someone in Wyoming doesn't have a poly brunch right exactly exactly so um because of that i am i would be more than happy to work with um couples anywhere and anywhere in the uh, um uh, in the u.s uh, in the world for you know as long as um we're english speaking um but um so that's um that's how i feel about the skype sessions i'm more than happy to do them um but my my, what i really love is like sitting down with people um i would encourage people to check out my website which is www.relationshipbydesign.nyc relationship singular by design yes relationship by design.nyc nyc or um effieblue.com also takes you there but um relationship by design is is the core of my work so it's it's kind of what i what i lead with mm. um so yeah relationship by design.nyc nyc is where you can find me um or you can also email me at effie at relationship by design.nyc um, the way I work is... That's um, F-E- E-F-F-Y. Correct. Yes. Thank you for clarifying that. E-F-F-Y at relationshipbydesign.nyc. Mm. Um, and the um, the whole process starts with a 20-minute um, mutual assessment call, um, which at no cost to anybody, um, mm. just your time and my time. And, and we decide if it's right for you. So we decide um, uh, whether you want to do the work, number one. Uh, and number two is whether you want to do the work with me. Mm. Um, and, and on my side, it's the same thing. Like, is this, can I, can I really help you? Um, the person, you, the couple, you, the, the triad, like, can I really be of assistance? And I am, um, and I'm sensitive about that. If it's something that I can't help you with, I'm not interested in, 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 in working. This is my passion. This is my purpose. Like I really want to do the work. Um, so, um, the, the mutual assessment calls are a great way to figure out if it's going to work. And then from then we start on an hour sessions, um, Again, what I really like doing is I really want a couple who's curious to get out there um, within like six to eight sessions max. Like I really, I'm not interested in holding on to people. Like yeah. I really want to do is like get them started, give them tools, skills, point them in the right direction, free them, and then the yeah, world. and then and then and then you know plug them into the the, the community um, if they're in the you know if they're in the in, in New York or, or help ha- them find their local one. Right, yeah. exactly, exactly, or even help them create their own community if there isn't one. Um, mm. And then and then after that, I'm available for like one of sessions to problem solve, which happens. You know, they'll come, you'll come to a new relationship that you hadn't considered or or you come to an impasse where you know some of the boundaries will need to be re, re um uh, revisited um i'm 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 really i really enjoy that work also um and for and also for um people who are already practicing non-monogamy and they just need a third person um or or, or a fourth person to just help them problem solve a particular issue that's coming up um um, and you know it comes in all shapes and sizes. Sometimes it's a scheduling issue. Sometimes an emotional issue. Sometimes it's because relationships have shifted. So um, they tend to have um, when a relationship shifts in a poly setup, they, it seems to have it tends to have ripple effects. Mm. So when, um, for example, we talked about Kenneth and, and Jennifer uncoupling, well, they have lovers. Um, 
in their lives so that that has a bit of a ripple effect um, and, and those lovers have lovers you know so things like that happen and, and sometimes you just need someone to come in and, and help you problem solve whatever you're going through and I'm really passionate about that work also okay that's great well cool. Evie uh, thank you so much for chatting with me people go check our site uh, relationshipbydesign.nyc and uh, why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody um, goodbye and thank you for listening later bye seriously like what a delight she's just amazing goddamn ray of sunshine so if you're uh, if you want to learn more about what she does or maybe you want to book a session with her maybe you and your partners are curious or having some issues and you want to talk it out go to relationshipbydesign.nyc and as usual, folks, uh, please say hello to me on the Twitter sphere. Love all the nice things you have to say there in 140 characters or less. Uh, my handle is, of course, at TheBillyProceda. Use the hashtag ManWhorePodcast. Let me know what you think about the show. And uh, if you want to say something a little bit more in depth, you can shoot me an email at ManWhorePod at gmail.com. Uh, please, if you can... Send me, uh, send me a clip idea. Send me your, one of your favorite guests, maybe one of your favorite quotes, topic. Uh, maybe it's uh, something I said in the intro for the few of you who enjoy listening to the intro. Uh, maybe it was something I said that you'd like to hear again. Shoot me an email uh, with that so I can, I can include it in the clip show coming up. And as always, folks, uh, if you can spare, whether it's 50 cents, a dollar, five dollars, whatever you can, please go make a donation um, at patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. I'm very excited for next week's episode. It's a little bit of a stunt. I can't tell you what it is because I don't want to jinx it because I have not recorded it yet, but it's going to be pretty fucking fun. And interesting, I don't know how it's going to go, but like I'm really excited about it, but I don't want to tell you about it yet. So it's like, just hang tight and come back next week. And until then, stay slutty. <laughs>